Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. As mentioned last week, we're traveling to Italy and I'm going to drop that podcast this week where I spoke to a military dad who has a son and a daughter uh, budgeting soccer players in Italy. And I learned so much from that conversation and was introduced to the European ODP program, which I um, I didn't know existed. I'm still learning about the American one, so let alone the European one. So I look forward to you guys listening to that. I'll share it on the Facebook group as well and also all the uh, podcast outlets. And then we can uh, discuss and 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 connect. If you're not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, it's a website that will host over 1,000 training videos covering all the major areas of individual skill development. What that looks like on the ground is you'll have one of the world's most versatile and definitely most patient trainers in your pocket. So whether your child is working on juggling, dribbling, 1v1, a ball master, you name it, we try to include it. And in addition to that, what we are adding as we speak, it's over 101 fun soccer games, right? And I um, and I really appreciate the feedback that I received from customers and also the feedback that we received from the Facebook group uh, uh, where, you know, effectively, I try to be an open book with you guys. So I think we're on a first name basis. Effectively, you're like, Neil. Training is great. You know, we really, really appreciate it. And many people have said they haven't found something that comprehensive, but at the end of the day, we got to remember the fun. And so I took that back to the lab, did some uh, soul searching, and then we came out, came up with content that we think is going to be great, especially for those beginning soccer players, but it's really good for anybody else because we believe that, um, any, you know, that all children, um, regardless of age, actually enjoy uh, chasing, tagging, racing, and playing 1v1 against their friends, parents, and coaches. And so we put all of that into the uh, application. It is one of those things that you just have to see probably to really, really appreciate it. But you hit play, and it's almost like now you not only do you have a trainer, but you also have a PE teacher there just encouraging your child to have fun and get better at soccer so check out the anytime soccer facebook group where i posted some sample videos and you'll see me trying out the product running around chasing a 10 year old and a seven year old and uh join the mailing list at anytime-soccer.com to learn more about what we do and to get content like this now let's go on to the show and this is going to be another mini series if you will and these are these shows are really going to be my thinking out loud. As a matter of fact, maybe that's what I'll call it, thinking out loud. I'm literally just thinking out loud. Um, I was thinking about the name, um, um, what am I missing? So I, I, maybe we'll vote on that. It's either going to be called a series thinking out loud or what am I missing? And I feel that way sometimes because I, I actually do have a bad habit and, and, and I'm actually trying to work on this particular, I have a lot of bad habits, but I'm trying to work on this one where I observe something happening and then I immediately come up with what I would think would be a relatively easy solution, 
but I don't, you know, I don't have the experience and the maybe the knowledge and and the perspective to really appreciate whether or not what I'm saying is just completely crazy or there's some merit to it. And so what I want to do with this podcast and the Facebook groups and all this kind of stuff is occasionally when I have these random thoughts, uh, especially obviously when it's about youth soccer, I'm going to just throw it on audio for public consumption and see what folks say. And then what we're going to do when I finish a few of these um, sort of, again, what am I missing or uh, thinking out loud episodes, then I'm going to tie it all up into uh, why why I'm doing this and and how I think it ultimately relates to youth soccer uh, coaching as a profession. And this is again from an outsider looking looking in. So this show is going to be relatively quick. I wanted to get it done before the holidays and then and, and wish you guys a merry Christmas and happy holidays. And then, you know, uh, and then relax, basically. All right, so I'm going to talk about one specific observation I have today. And I'm going to do that for a couple of series, a couple of shows. And then at the end of those shows, then I'm going to go back, you know, after that. And then I'm going to talk about how all of this ties into how I'm viewing some trends, um, good, some good trends and some bad trends in, co- in the coaching profession. And in addition to that, I'm going to invite coaches on to listen to these segments. And I know they're not going to listen to a really long one. So I want to keep this relatively short. Invite them on to listen to these segments and and, and help me understand. And by helping me understand, hopefully that will give you guys perspective on why this is, why this is the dumbest idea since, I don't know, the worst idea ever. Or it's actually a great idea and many coaches and clubs do it i just don't know about it or there's some other some some perspective that i'm just not aware of i mean i want to invite so i want them to listen and you'll see me on the facebook groups and and all the little chats i'll share it some of it is promo but some of it is sincerely like listen to this and lead me in the right direction because i will not have walked a mile in a coach's uh, shoes. So here we go. So one of the major um, issues you often hear in youth soccer space is this dilemma or internal conflict of interest that's commonly referred to as winning versus development. Okay, so this is not uncommon, winning versus development. And underneath that, you'll always get someone uh, throwing, um, I guess we say shade, throwing shade at parents, but I'm going to leave that alone. But you know, winning versus development. You, you'll always hear that as a major uh, conflict within youth soccer. And the issue of win, winning versus development is effectively short-term, short-term gains, long-term, um, longer-term outcomes of, or delayed gratification. And there are many symptoms, I guess you'd say, or many... Um, avenues or a lot of results. I'm trying to find the right word, but the winning versus development uh, paradigm manifests itself in a lot of different ways, right? So a coach, and you'll you'll hear this often, like a coach who's focused on long-term development, maybe does X, Y, and Z, where a coach who's focused on winning will do this, this, and this, this kind of thing. Parents who care about winning will behave this way. Parents who care about uh, long-term development 
will behave this way. And, it's, and I actually did a podcast uh, where I actually argued that this is too simplistic of a um, way of thinking about it. But for the purposes of, of this, let's just assume that winning versus development is the framework that we, we want to use. Well, so, so then when you ask a coach or you ask someone, okay, well, can you give me an example of a situation where, or can you recall or give me an example of a situation where it, where a coach puts or places or prioritizes winning over development? Can you give me an example of something you've seen that, you're, that indicates to you that this particular coach is prioritizing winning versus over development? And so a common response would be, well, you'll see coaches will play certain players, in many cases, their strongest players sometimes, in that player's strongest and most comfortable position, and they won't rotate them around. So I will play the most technical player in the attacking midfield, and I'll never put them anywhere else on the pitch. Or I'll play the most, I'll play the defensive minded players in defense and never let them play up top. And, and that's just what we're going to do. Now, I actually have a view on, on this as well, and I don't want it to go too far. I, I actually don't think the games matter as much as, um, not necessarily coaches, definitely parents, but maybe coaches as well. Uh, I don't think the games matter as much as we think they do, uh, except for just the fun and the mental side of it. But in terms of uh, you know, your own development. I'm, I'm actually not as convinced that the, the games matter at that foundational age as much as we think. Playing matters, right? Uh, competing matters, right? Um, a level of pressure matters, but the gaming format as it's currently constituted I don't know if that matters that much. But anyway, that's an aside to say, this is a very common um, response. Yeah, you can tell that coach plays the fastest kids on the wing and the most technical player in the middle and another fast and physical kid up top and then the defensive minded players in the back and they do that the entire season and, and or they do that when they're trying to win or they do that in tournaments. And that's how you can tell that this coach is a type of coach that focuses on winning over development. And so then I sit back and I say to myself, okay, I've heard this response many, many times because I've talked to hundreds of coaches personally and then I've talked to probably thousands in some kind of way online. And then I do a lot of my own independent research in this matter. And I hear this a lot. And so I don't know, I'm the kind of person that says, all right, it's clear that there's a consensus out there that that foundational age, U12, 13, 14, maybe, and below, definitely below U12. Some people argue you foundation is U14, maybe U12, but definitely anything below that. There seems to be a consensus out there that we don't want to play players in the same positions all the time. There seems to be a consensus there. And it also appears to be a consensus out there that we don't want to play players to their strengths all the time or a majority of the time, right? There seems to be a consensus there. I actually, again, argued that when coaches do that, they may not necessarily be doing it because they are anti-long-term development or are trying to win at all costs. 
it could be a developmental opportunity there. But again, that's an aside. But it seems to be a consensus there that we probably should not be doing that as um, developing players for the long term. But there is also a conflict of interest. There's a conflict of interest that comes from the parents. Parents may want to win. I hear this a lot. Again, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. And there's a conflict of interest where uh, clubs and teams have a lot of pressure to show or demonstrate success. And success in, in sport you usually is tied to winning. And there's some other things you can do, but it's usually tied to winning. So there's a bit of conflict there as well and pressure on that coach as well and then even if you do have the equivalent of Arsene Wenger running your youth soccer club it's not clear that uh, no not not clear it's no guarantee that across the board all the coaches are going to be on the same page because you're going to have coaches of different experience different attitudes different levels of commitment different ages different everything. They can see things different, different interpretations of things, different uh, uh, theories of change as we talked about. So so even if you do happen to get this one coach who says, yeah, I'm, I'm committed to that and I'm going to make sure this happens, you could have a coach who, and I hate, I don't want to be harsh on any coach, but just lazy. Like, okay, I got it. Just put the kids in there. It's easy. Now I'm going to sit down. I'm going to relax. And I'm not thinking about rotating them or something. I don't even want to remember what they did last week. So you could have that extreme as well. So, so you have that going on. And then you have another issue with it is uh, from a club director or director of coaching perspective, there's probably no data, right? So, so if a parent comes, and I use a parent as an example, but it doesn't matter. A parent comes and says, you know, I, I brought my child and they've been, this is a very common thing that parents say, by the way, you know, they've been busting it in practice and they're doing everything they can. And, you know, we get to the games and they don't play. You know, this is a very common thing. There's no data that says, well, you know, this, this is what we're trying to do. This is how we, this is how we do things here in this, in this academy. And this is, and there's no no logic there that it suggests that helps the parent understand why your child is in and why your child is not. Now, you may say, mm, I don't care about what the parents say, and that's half the problem. Okay, forget about that. Well, if a coach is then talking to the club director and the club director says, man, I really would like to see sort of the progression of your players and what roles they've been playing or what positions they've been playing throughout the game and, and what is your uh, feedback on where their strengths or weaknesses are, the coach doesn't have a any data to say, you know, this is what I've been doing over the course of the um, year. You know, here's Johnny. Johnny has been playing right back. You know, I'm making these not this up. Right, left wing and and central uh, midfield or something. You know, and this is, and when he's in those positions, these are some of the things that we've observed. Right. There's no systematic way. I don't see, at least I don't see a systematic way to uh, for coaches to observe this. Now, one time out though, I do know that academies, at least in Europe, from what I have read, what I've have listened to, haven't actually experienced it, do play around with player management systems that 
might track this stuff. But I, again, that's why I'm putting it out here because I'm not an academy coach and I haven't been behind the hood or under the hood, if that's the right way. So I don't know exactly what they're looking at. I can only go by what I see here. And I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt in most of the clubs I'm familiar with in my area, they're not doing this. Okay. So, all right. So we, um, so we've established that. So then the question becomes, if we know that playing players, if we know this, playing your strongest players in their strongest positions is likely detrimental to their long-term development. If we believe that playing your strongest players in their strongest positions also prevents another player for the opportunity to develop in that position, if that's what you believe, then you know we also believe that's detrimental to their long-term um, development. If we believe that playing the strongest players in the strongest position may also be detrimental to the t overall team's development because now you're so reliant on players being in certain positions instead of having a unit. And when they go to 9v9, 11v11, they have less versatility or like the Dutch say, they're not total footballers. That is also detrimental to long-term individual in team development. So we've team development. So we've established that, right? There's not a lot of folks debating that, right? So then the question becomes, well, why can't, if we know that this is a problem, which you established, why can't we just come up with a very simple system to at least create some transparency, measurability, objectivity to the, to, to the process uh, while also allowing the coaches to have the normal human freedoms that you need when you're managing a bunch of 10 year olds. And I'm doing a lot of talking to say, it could literally forget about a application or some fancy thing. It could literally be an Excel spreadsheet uh, that looks something like this. All right, well, I got one row that has has one not row, one column that has all the players' names. And then next to that column is random. It, next to that is a column that has uh, this field with um, team. They're not not team, sorry. That's filled with potential positions. So randomly generated positions. So that's the next row beside the team, beside the player's name. And then for every, that's the next column. And then, and then every, for every game you have, there's going to be a position column. And then you could say, well, I don't want the, I don't want the players to play um, every single position. Maybe I want them to focus on three positions this year. Okay. So that random generation is only going to, is only going to randomly generate a possibility of the three random positions. And you have, a column for each game of the season. And then you say, well, I don't want them to, I want it to be random, but I want them to play the same position at least three or four games in a row. So I can kind of get a sense of how the team is working. And so, and also the player has an our, our opportunity to, to get a feel for that position. And we're going to, we're going to work on this stuff in practice as well. That's fine too. So you just tweak how random the randomness is, right? So it's only, it only changes after every three games. I'm making it up. And then you say, well, man, this is really, um, you know, this is really complicated. I don't want to, I don't want to um, do all that. Well, maybe you just say, well, this, 
spreadsheet is going to give me an idea of how we're going to start the game, right? So number one, it tells us who, what positions, and it also, you know, there's maybe another little row or column that lets you know who's going to start. So we may not end the game like this, and I may switch things around, but we're going to start the game like this. So my son, Adam, for example, is really technical, and um, he uh, often he plays like attacking midfield or something like that. So, you know, maybe the thing randomly generates and it says, okay, Adam is going to play um, right back today. And he's going to play right back for the next three games. And as a coach, I'm going to explain to him that's what he's doing. And this is sort of what I'm looking for. And this is how the right back relates to attacking midfield where you were. And this is blah, blah, blah. And then you still, as a coach, have the discretion to change your lineup and all this kind of stuff and, and tweak it. But, you know, it's, it's this very simple spreadsheet is in line with what the club has agreed is most important and it's not random. And then what you do is you effectively say, all right, let's say you, let's say that you were going to do it every uh, three games, or every four games, or every quarter. Well, then you pull out your notepad and you give Adam, in this case, my son, when you play right back, this is what I'm seeing. But then when you play attacking midfield, this is what I'm seeing. And but when you play right, right back, this is what I wanted to see. And when you play attacking midfield, this is what I wanted to see. That kind of stuff. Because now you remember, because you have it documented exactly when he played. Now I don't want to overdo it because it's not, I don't want to make it that serious. But a spreadsheet like this or an application like this, it just removes some of the human bias from the coach. It adds a level of measurability and, and, um, and accountability. So even though coaches should not be trying to cater to us crazy parents, um, you know, if the club says to us, if the club says, you know, one of the reasons, one of the ways that we focus on long-term development is we have players playing different positions and us crazy parents look and see that children are playing the same positions all season, well, we, you know, doing the evaluation or doing the conversations, we have a, we can have a data-driven conversation. And hey, you guys said that this was important to you and you said you measure it in this way, but here's what I'm seeing. What, what are your thoughts? That's diff, That's a different conversation than why is my child not starting, right? And again, I'm not in any way suggesting that a club should overly cater to parents, but transparency, if you want to, you know, if you want to lay people's anxieties and you want to help bring them on, bring them along, a level of transparency that is uh, reasonable, right, can help in that, in that way. And so um, I'm going to conclude with that. I don't want to ramble on too much, but let me, so I posted, I, if you're in a Facebook group, one of these Facebook groups that I manage, and one of them is the Anytime Soccer Training Facebook group, which I enjoy, I encourage you to um, join. I, you know, it's a bit of fun and giggles and then also, uh, yeah, I guess content and then getting people to engage. I post these true false questions. So I posted a true false question in the um, youth soccer coach group. And I effectively said, to avoid coaching bias uh, clubs, should use some form of technology, in this case, a spreadsheet, to optimize lineup selection 
and assign player positions during games, especially U14 and below. And again, I, and I'm going to conclude with this. I mean, you would think I was building an arc or something. Um, I'm going to conclude with this. And this is where I'm saying I don't really see the controversy sometimes. If, if I have um, 11 job positions and I have, let's say, 14 players, I got 11 jobs that need to be done. I got 14 players. That means three are, are employees and three employees are kind of like floaters. So I got 11 positions and 14 employees. But let's, let's ignore the three employees that are floaters for a second. And so that means I got a one-to-one -one match you know, play uh, uh, employee one does job one, employee two jo does job two, and so forth, right? But the issue is, I know that if employee one ever gets sick, I need someone to cover and do the job of employee one while employee one is sick, right? And so how do I solve this? I have to cross-train people, right? I have to cross-train them. I have to uh, make sure that everybody knows how to do at least three jobs. So now I have a choice. I could, if I run the company, I could leave it up to the manager of that department um, to use her own intuition and her own um, judgment on who's going to cross-train and how they're going to cross-train. I could do that. Or... I could say, all right, give me all the names and, and I'm going to spit out uh, all the positions and it's going to tell you, you know, this person randomly needs to cross train at position six, seven, and eight. And this person randomly needs to cross train at two, three, or four. And you take that and you can take that data and you can start manipulating it however you want. But I need you to come back with a cross training plan, right? So you've, you've, the system spit out the baseline and said, if you didn't do anything else, by the end of the year, these 11, each of these 11 employees will um, cross train on at least three positions, right? If, if you don't touch it. But if you want to make changes, that's fine. Just document the changes or just keep making a mental note of the changes. Because uh, all I really care about is that these positions or these people are cross-trained. But what is not acceptable and what I don't want to see is at the end of the year, certain employees are not cross-trained on other positions. And I am telling you, if the youth soccer uh, around the world and youth soccer uh, in, in the rest of the country is anything like the youth soccer I see in my area and most of the North and Southeast, players are not being cross-trained enough and they're not being cross-trained in a systematic way. And I'm gonna go so far as to say, I actually don't even think it matters that much in the game, but this is what the coaches are telling me, right? So I don't wanna to be too animated, but you know, so regardless of, so sometimes you have to judge people based on what they're telling you. So they are saying to you, to me, this is important. So I'm saying, okay, if it's important, let's standardize it and, uh, and see if that can work. So I'm so hesitant to release this podcast because I can see how it could be daunting because 
there's so much already on a on on a person's plate and then it sounds so impractical so wait a minute you're telling me that um I got to get all these names in. I got to get to positions. So for me, in a practical matter, I think it would be a little bit more centralized. And the way I'm thinking about it is uh, a commitment to sort of start the game this way and a commitment to work with the players on these particular positions throughout the week that they're going to switch to that position or something to that, something to that um, degree. And finally, with the sort of the frequently asked questions, let me address them. So I'm not talking about replacing the coach's judgment. No, I'm not talking about machine learning. Like, okay, we're going to, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about changing anything about what the coach does in terms of their interactions with the player. No, 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 no. And there's so many other um, um things that didn't come across that I see that people, I'm not talking about scouting or player identification. No, no, no. I'm not talking, again, I'm not talking about you don't, you have your hands tied, you can't make the, you can't make certain changes. And I'm not even talking about being a hardcore punishment if you don't follow us, follow it a certain way. What I am saying is if I'm, if I'm managing a hundred coaches and we all agree that this is a problem, and we all agree that this problem is recurring and has not been fixed. We have to agree that what we're currently doing is not working. So we got to start there. That what we're doing now is not working. So why not say, all right, well, you got 10 kids. You got seven positions. You know you want all of them to play a different position. So why not just put it into a spreadsheet, spit it out across your 12 games, and that's how you start them and you think through that on day one, and then that's sort of what you use as your baseline for your gaming program. Hey, this is Neil Crawford with Anytime Soccer Training and also um, the host of the Inside Scoop. Uh, please, please, please write me, chat me, uh, Facebook me, uh, comment on this. Let me know what I'm missing. Let me know uh, the perspective that I don't have and uh, help me understand uh, why this is not, uh, uh, why this can't work. And one more thing on this. I do understand that there's execution, there's theory and execution. So so if, let's try to break this down. There's theory like, okay, yeah, in theory, I get it. But the execution, it makes it impossible. And I, and I appreciate that too. So I'd also like to hear that kind of um, feedback as well. So uh, with no further ado, hey, let's get better together.